Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast, made in association with Wave Motion Canon. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, Twitter, and sometimes the Wave Motion Cannon YouTube page. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at waterwaydeshow at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stream of Thought via Watery Desho. We are here talking about the final-ish episode of Recovery of an MMO Junkie, Netoju no Susume. This is episode 10 on a moonlit evening, and I'm here on a gloomy-ish afternoon where I am in Nashville, lovely Nashville, uh, to talk about this with you and share my thoughts and with me in presumably always gloomy manchester it's minus seven over here right now it's really fucking Ooh. cold <laughs> what is that in fahrenheit uh because i don't i don't use the king's measurement well um i don't i don't know what it is in imperial measurements but i'll give you the uh, local manchester uh, term for it which is nipple bitingly fucking freezing <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that cold here but it's pretty cold it's grim it's um, grim is what it is yeah um, that's Shadon. Hey, everyone. And, <sighs> okay. All right. Oh, dear. We're going to do this. I'm rolling my sleeves up. Oh, dear. I'm doing stretches. Yeah. We get limbered up. Yeah. To talk about, talk about this, this one. Uh, this is where we're going, folks. You can, you can probably tell how this is going to turn out. I don't even, I mean, I guess depending on how things go with episode 11, it might not even be necessary to do a podcast for that one. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But mm-hmm. This is the end, though. This, this is it. Yeah, this is these are the final developments, I think, yeah. uh, of this story. So uh, let me pr- make a proposal to you, Shaden. Mm-hmm. In the past, what we have done is talk back and forth throughout the summary and exchange ideas and what have you. This time, because I think our discussion will be not only about this episode, but about the series as a whole, mm-hmm. if you will please allow me uh, to quickly run down the summary, and then we can just plunge headfirst into all things discussion. How about how about that? How does that sound? Godspeed, my good sir. I've got your back. <laughs> I thank you. Do I have your axe? I think that's the standard nerd joke. 
at this time. Well, we dwarves are not natural sprinters, so you're going to have to use the axe. (laughs) Very good. Very good. All right. Here we go. Episode 10. Uh, I think I can summarize the first half of this episode quite quickly because I was very surprised at how little had happened before the break. Mm-hmm. Um, so we begin this episode as we began episode nine uh, with Morioka exiting the shower and Sakaki. Sakaki. Why did I say Sakurai. Sakura-chan. Sakura-chan. Doubting himself. You know, he's brooding over this pot of tea that he's boiling. And the next line I have in my notes is, God, they are awkward. Uh Uh-huh. Because, holy shit, what a... They're just... They're just awkward with each other for a a while. For the first... And there's a robot dryer (laughs) that... (laughs) That she puts her wet clothes in. You know, because she is in this house to dry off and and dry her clothes. Uh, Morioka's inner voice while she is talking to the robot dryer is amazing. Um, (laughs) A couple of times uh, here, like I think once before, once after the break, Morioka and or Sakurai will start to confess their feelings, but something will happen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. For instance, Morioka's tummy will start growling, uh, and Sakurai offers to prepare her some food, uh, and they cook it together. And during this time, uh, Sakurai is able to have uh, an intimate discussion with her and say some very kind and meaningful things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're worth more being the kind of uh, big, the biggest thing that he says, and she cries. He wipes away her tears. He's helping her feel valued in this moment. And uh, in my notes, I have uh, the word KISU in all caps. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. K-I-S-S-U, KISU. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, uh, when they're having their moment, um, the robot dryer goes off. Uh, and so they are once again interrupted. Uh, speaking of interruptions, can I just say something when thinking about this scene? Right, of course. I found I found it really funny. I have to admit, like I thought it was I thought it was funny, but I absolutely get that this must be incredibly frustrating for other, for audience members. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I I mean, at this point, I was like, oh, of course, like it's, something's going to happen. They'll they'll have some sort of hook up in some way. So this I found genuinely amusing. That being said. I had this image in my head, right, of some, like, if I ever could make my own dojin of this show, here's what I would do. Oh, I would have this, ooh. I would have the scene play out as exactly as you see it right now until the dryer interrupts them, and then there would be a doorbell ring. So Sakurai or Mario would go to the door, open up, and it would be you and me. <laughs> and we would be there, we would be there with wrenches in hands <laughs> and crowbars. And we just say, we've just come to fix your dryer. Wow. That's so that we walk past... So we walk past Sakurai, Morioka, go in, smash the ever-living fuck out of that dryer until it's just bits again. Uh, then we leave, and then one of us just looks and says, right, as you were, carry on. You know. And that's the only change I would make to the story. <laughs> that's literally a dojo. Because I literally wanted to just, like, come in and just smash the fuck out of that machine. It's like, God damn it! I mean, 
I know, I know fucking Alex Jones of InfoWars. Shout out to him, you useless fucking tub of lard. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. I know that he, like, you know, thinks that Alexa is, like, spying on him for the CIA. But this is just unholy. <laughs> so, so yeah, like, that, that machine, the fucking cop blocker, like, god damn it. Like, everything conspires against them. Everything. Alexa. Tumble into the void of non-existence. Fucking Alex Jones, like, you know, he hears voices in his head and presumably from Alex thinking the CIA's after him. But no, the true threat is literally that your washing machine will prevent you from getting laid. It's as simple as that. <sighs> Robots really are going to uh, stop the birth rate in Japan, just not the way that we all thought. I, I, what a twist it would have been, though, if the fucking dryer just suddenly said, but Sakura-chan, I thought I was the only one for you. Are these ladies' clothes in here? What is this? <laughs> the, no, no, no. The robot doesn't say anything, but then when Morioka tries to get clothes back, they're all completely shrunk or burnt or crisp, <laughs> even though she didn't set them that way, so... <laughs> oh okay, God. okay, that's a different dojin entirely. But anyway, you were saying. So she gets her clothes, and she leaves. And then mm-hmm. Sakurai's, like, sitting there for a minute. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, wait. Uh, let me let me walk you home. And as I'm watching this, I'm writing, go after her as she leaves, dummy. And he does, thankfully. Mm-hmm. When he walks her home, like, they have their perfunctory, like, thank you so much for walking me all the way home. Oh, it was no trouble at all. Um, they have a lot of that in this episode again, them apologizing to each other. I think in episode nine, they really play that up for laughs, but... but they do it again here, and it's just taking precious time away where I want them to confess their love right now. It wasn't funny also, I must stress. <laughs> I love it just kind of rang, ran over me. Yeah. But anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I have fuck you writers in my notes right here. Um, mm-hmm. They say that they will, that they want more time like this. Sakurai says, hey, uh, I want another day like today. I think he was going to ask if the humans, Sakurai and Morioka, could be partners in the way that their online avatars are. But some goddamn fucking kids being noisy. And so, for some reason, in anime, if you get interrupted, when you start back in, the thing that you were going to say is a far more watered-down version of what you previously were going to say. Yeah, the moment's over. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know why you can't just say what you were going to say, but it's a rule, and we must live by mm. it. I have to add one thing, by the way. So at, when they have this discussion at the end, and like Morrow smiles, like there's a fucking rainbow that pops up. There is. And do you know what happened in my head when this, when this day, like, I was like, both Sakurai and Morrow are looking at the rainbow, and I just wanted... I, I, this is, makes me a terrible person, but I just wanted this moment just to have a funny punchline by having a fucking newspaper fly through the air and hit Sakurai clean in the face. <laughs> thrown by the paper boy. <laughs> like, just from completely off screen. And then you just hear this, like, little kid's voice, See me, Masan! Um, yes. Like, and I, I, that would have made my day. If, if someone wants to animate that, by all means, it'd be, it'd be funny. Uh, but, but yes, uh, continue. So, some what I refer to in my notes as game shit happens. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> because it's like, I mean... It, Kind of at this point, a lot of the online stuff and their the guild 
members and side characters, like my interest in them and what they're doing has kind of fallen away as the show has gotten away from them. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, whatever. Here's some, f- I didn't say this last episode, so let me get a good one in. Freedom. Yeah. Are you going to be upset that you don't get to say that anymore after this episode? Unless oh, we do I can episode- say it. Oh. <laughs> I can say it anytime <laughs> well, it's like, I want. Well, it's like I said to you, you should use that to suggest your wife to go out for seafood. In that tone of voice. And I'll record it. So they're fighting. They kill another um, rodent monster. Uh, no cool monsters in this goddamn game. Fujimoto. It's like, well, I guess everything's fine. And then... The, the tree. The, the same tree that we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I actually like this because it's a nice bookend. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I figured that the show would at least have some connection to this point as like an end an end game like so sakurai as lily and mariko's hayashi are having another chat and lily says hey look look at the moon and like i actually looks up he's like no look i mean outside in real life and so mariko goes to a balcony looks outside and there's the moon and um then she goes to sleep and she's smiling because she's happy and content i i like that Although, I have to say, like, if I were writing this show, I would have done a similar thing. But do you know what I would have done? I would have had, like, this is admittedly me jumping really ahead and, like, doing some extended fucking shipping here. Like, we're talking, like, uh, we'll call it shipping routes here. Like, you know, where the ship sets sail, but I want to chart where it wants to go as opposed to what the writers want to do. Which is, I would have had it so that we've now skipped ahead to the point in the future where they are a couple... And then what happens is that when Myroka steps away from the PC, she goes into the main room and then Sakurai joins because his PC's in the other room. They've been playing in the same house. Do you remember Do you remember the couple I mentioned? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. That? Uh-huh. From, yeah, they, they did that. And I thought that would have been a nice thing, you know? But it's just, they're not quite there yet. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. I mean, there's so many different... I guess I'm okay with it. But we'll, we'll save that. I'll save my stuff for later. Okay. Uh, yeah, same way, actually. But yeah, I, I'm all right with it as presented because it's, I mean, after all the anxiety that they've gone through, it would be a bit of a leap to suddenly jump from, you know, let's be partners to Sakurai Jr. running around or some shit. Exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, carry on. It's Boruto. Oh, God. Sakurai. No, um, the next note that I have uh, talks about after she goes to sleep, um, we see her sort of cut to her. The old familiar um, station waiting for presumably Sakurai. Um, she's checking her watch and she's dressed up, obviously going to go out. And you see a hand hit her shoulder and thinking, oh, Sakurai has finally. No, it's Koiwai. <laughs> Ooh. Final appearance of Koiwai. Can I, I have, yeah, man. Did you, did you, did you have like a fear just for a brief second? Did you just think like, like me for a brief second, like, has something happened? Why is she here with him? No. Oh, it just, it was, it was brief, so very brief in my head for all of like maybe a second, and then of course Sakurai's there, and I'm like, whoo, whoo, oh. Be still, my beastie heart. They, I think they wanted to try to add some levity to these final scenes, which um, 
are pretty uh, earnest, shall we say. Um, to a fault. <laughs> but, uh, like, Koei has some dope music for his final appearance. Like, it sounds like a, like a Dreamcast Sonic game <laughs> by, by way of, like, smooth jazz. Nice. And so it kind of sounds like King of Fighters, kind of sounds like Casino. It's great. It made me the happiest. I was like, why did you not appear to this music throughout the entire show? Koi theme. I mean, come on. Uh, the ending is there. Oh, well, let's go. So he's Koi is there, I should say, to harass them and say, Sakurai, who shows up. Looks like you're going on a date. And he's like, Date, Janai! And it's like, yeah, says you're going on a date. Just fucking stop. And like, yeah, just just say what it is. For God's sake, guys, come I know. on. This, yeah, yeah. This is the this is the anime like leaning into those tropes really hard. And yeah, at this point, I wanted them to not. But but look, this is. We're just, let me just 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 gonna describe what's happening. Uh, so so yes, they Koi leaves and. The two uh, lovebirds begin to walk down the street to their movie. They're going to a movie and dinner, which is a date, um, whether they want it to be or not. And uh, Morioka begins to get introspective, wondering, like, oh, I wonder what we look like, because I notice there's a lot of couples around, and yeah, I look at them and I see, yeah. hey, they're couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what we look like to people. Uh, what did Hayashi and Lily look like together? And she sees the reflections of their avatars in the in the glass on the shops, uh, wind to shop windows of the stores that they're walking by, and um, she begins to sort of make a promise to herself. She determines to <sighs> to be more for him. Uh huh. Yeah, she understands that Sakurai accepts her now for who she is, and mm-hmm. I think she's grateful for that. But um, you have no idea how hard I'm biting my lips right now. But she she wants to be more for him, uh-huh. so that he never has to be embarrassed to be with her, and so mm. that she will avoid feeling embarrassed at the sort of disparity that exists in her head. Um, and she, she thinks that people are perceiving between she and Sakurai. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, I'm going to take a step forward mm-hmm. in this way. I think we're meant to, well, I guess this part's up to interpretation because at this point she's thinking to herself, you know, for her life over the last little while that she quit her job and became a neat, and she expresses that, She's experienced guilt over this, and she's always kind of been one. It's been gnawing at her in the back of her mind. Like, is this really okay, what I'm doing? And Sakurai has helped her feel better about that and has helped her has helped her feel valid in her choices. And she wants to fit into whatever um, norm you know, whether it be societal or whether it be just her, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not a norm thing. Maybe maybe this is all sort of her own agency and her own stuff, but it it, it felt weird 
But this is why it should have all been delved into more detail previously. It felt like she was saying, I'm going to stop being a neat. Like I'm going to part of the step forward. So she's thinking about her becoming a neat. She's thinking about Sakurai validating uh, her as a person. And then she's thinking, I, I don't want to be an embarrassment to him. And she doesn't come right out and say it, but I, I think we're supposed to infer that she's going to go back into uh, the workforce and try to be mm-hmm. a more respectable or presentable, mm-hmm. normal you know, woman that's not an embarrassment to uh, her her lover, her her man, her boy Sakurai. I'm so I'm trying so hard not to grind my <laughs> teeth right now. And uh, she says she's going to take this step forward, and pr- immediately trips. Uh, and just like is, the show, <laughs> and is grabbed by Sakurai, um, who holds her hand, and you know is sweating bullets, and but. You know, I, I give it to him. He doesn't let go. He holds her hand, and she returns his grip in kind, and they awkwardly walk together to the movie, and the end. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's it. Yep. So, um, <sighs> I, I think. Boy, I, oh boy. So I take it that was animated the year material for you. That was absolutely fantastic, and you absolutely loved every second of it. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Certainly not this. Nope. Uh, but, oh boy, I'm going to have to contextualize so much of what I say, you know, because the fact is that this show has been from the off so good and so fun and interesting as to get two grown-ass 30-something men talking about an animated rom-com in great detail going over it with a fine tooth comb. Oh yeah, we've 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 examined this in such detail. It's actually kind of staggering. Like the the material the material we put out is longer than the runtime of the show itself. Oh, by far. That's I think a testament to the show's quality. Um because if it really went south, I think we would have stopped doing this or the the nature of the shows would have been quite different. I just think that I wanted some things that the show was not prepared to give me. Yeah, you're talking my language now. And part of and and it just it frustrates me. Yep. Um yep. And I think this this goes even beyond what Panino was talking about and what you and I were discussing regarding the personal things in Morioka's past and character details and firming a lot of that up. Even uh, setting those complaints aside, I think just examining the show on its own terms in the borders that it it sets for itself, I think the ending, it just does fall a little flat. It felt, um, gosh, it just felt like a kind of, I don't want to say cop-out, but man, I just wanted... Uh, I really wanted more. I wanted more of a concrete and robust relationship between the two. I I thought this was going to be the anime, since we're dealing with adults, you know that would that would not end with them 
being afraid to hold hands. Acting like children. Yeah. I hate to say it, but... You know, but and I recognize the silliness as part of its appeal. But it's there's a certain point. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, so much of anime discourse and anime Twitter that treats the subtextual as textual. Um, and we'll talk about a, a couple being together uh, or a character's uh, orientations, um, their sexuality, all kinds of different things. Uh, and again, speak about, uh, kind of make a case based on subtext and say, like, this is in fact the case and is textual. And I think that we've gotten really, really used to that and to kind of subsisting on that. But like, I really, really thought that uh, this relationship would be a full and functional and on-screen committed relationship by the end of the show and that it will be bold and textual mm-hmm. and it just and it wasn't and uh, i'm i'm a little bit sad by that i i feel i don't know if the source material just doesn't do it or if they want to leave room for second season or or whatever but i wanted to close the loop on their story with them being ha- having really found each other and having put some of those insecurities to bed by by both telling each other how they felt, not being rejected, accepting one another, and finding assurance in that. Mm-hmm. And we don't get that, and uh, it lets me down because I just that was the payoff I was expecting. I was expecting their their fears, their anxieties, their mental health problems. Like I was expecting all that to be put out there, and I was expecting relief for these folks. And not just implied relief. Like, well, of course they'll be together down the road. Like, I wanted it. I wanted to see it. I wanted that payoff to be on screen. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't. And it it leaves me colder than I wanted it to. Yep. And man, the show was really strong throughout. And there's a lot that it has going for it. And a lot that we can say, I think, to recommend it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But... I just, it ends, it it really does end with a whimper, I feel, when it could have gone out with a bang. Mm-hmm. So, okay, where do I want to begin with this? There's a lot that I want to say about this particular episode. I think there's actually more merit to it than you're giving it credit for, but there's also some stuff in it that is really, really bad. <clears throat> so, I'll start with the good. So do you remember way back in the earlier parts of this, our stream of thought where I said like that I thought one of the thesis of the show was online versus offline and then how we're testing that. Sakurai, Sakurai's um, request of Morioka at the stairs to her apartment is I want to spend more time with you as either Hearth and um, Yuki or, or Lily and Hayashi or Sakurai and Morioka. I, I would have preferred he used the first person pronoun for that, but whatever, who cares? <laughs> what cares? He's just, he's just, he, he, he's, it's fine, it's fine. I think that that's the overall conclusion of the show at that point, that all these ca- these people are all of these things blended into one. And he ultimately accepts that she is all these things blended into one. Like, But I think that also accepts her as a person, much as it is like, 
the online presence. I mean, earlier in the show, like he's asking in the episode, sorry, he's asking himself, what would Lily say? And I just literally thought to myself when we had that thing, like he said, cheer up. I've got your back. Like fucking tell her. And to be fair, okay, he does. He does. That's fine. And I think that there is one other theme the show overall, in, in after all that 10 episodes include, that has that has done, that I think is something that it succeeds at. And that's the theme, I think, of appearance and expectations. Like, so often in this show, both online and offline, Morioka's concerned about her appearance and what people think about her. Not just how she looks, but how she acts. And Sakurai's acceptance in the end is his way of telling her, or his way of, and as the show telling us, that you can have your quirks and you can have your odd looks. Like the fact that she's in the silly sweater, for example. Like he's very taken with that. And oh, I think it's, I think it's uh, very attractive. To me, it's more, that's more fan service than, well, than the shower stuff. I suppose so, but she looks. But and I don't, and I'm not, I'm not using fan service as a as a negative. Oh I'm no, like, you know, I was that was uh, that was nice. That's very attractive. Yeah, she looked great. Yeah. So I think that in the end, like the show was said, like at the very beginning, like you are not who you are. Who you are online is who not who you are offline. But all of the things that Sakurai has done for her, like he played a healer online and he's helped healer a bit in in real life. Marioka's mm-hmm. got quirks that she's exhibited online and offline. Um, the quirks like the tummy thing, like she, Sakurai mm-hmm. cooks her a fantastic meal, and pasta, indeed pasta. And he treat he accepts like that she's a woman who loves her food. Like here's the thing: like, can we talk about the sakuga for a minute? Those forks, <laughs> holy shit! Those are some forks, man. Is that the first time you've ever said? Can we talk the talk about the sakuga? Can we talk about the fork sakuga <laughs> and how like? They just look in- incredible. I, they look so incredible, I just knocked my mouse over. <laughs> so, Sakugar is so incredible that Mock, uh, Doc, Doc will damage his peripherals. I will. I will. Those forks, man. Uh, I have some forks that look exactly like that. <laughs> nice. Incredible. But yeah, all all told, I think that the show is, from various points, like, you know, it's just saying that you can be comfortable with how, with what you are, with what you do, and with how you look. It doesn't tell you not to take pride in your appearance. If anything, it tells you absolutely to do that, but to take pride in the appearance you want to cultivate. And also the the quirks that you have, like with, with Marioka, like loving a food. Like, I think that, let's just say that in society, and, and the show certainly doesn't do this, unfortunately, by outright explicitly stating it through Marioka's own words, which I really, really wanted so we could understand her perspective more rather than just being a contextless vacuum of self-hatred. That's what it is. I'm sorry, mm. but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that ties into your complaints. Like this is a complaint I made last episode. And I think this is why I wasn't so. I, I'm not so bothered by the ending as you are because I'd already accepted it. I suppose. I don't know. Look, I mean, it can be about moving forward from your painful past, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. um, and leave it sort of ambiguous uh, or vague. I guess is the right term. But to me, everything you're saying that they lay out throughout the episode, they kind of undercut it at the very end. Oh, they do. And I, I will absolutely get to that. But for me, I think that my head can is I take the actual ending of the show, or rather the point in which the, the conflict is resolved, so to speak, is the point when Sakurai lays out 
that he doesn't care what version of her he interacts mm-hmm. with. He values them all because they are all her. That yeah. I think that I think is the show's capstone, even though it then continues on for approximately seven to eight minutes afterwards and then kind of shoots itself in the foot, um, which I'll get to in a moment. So I still think that it succeeds at that. I think that it succeeds at having that thesis explained early on. Nick could just kind of drop it a bit, but it comes back to it. And Sakurai's statement, I think, is firstly true. And secondly, I think it's exactly what she needed to hear. So I'm glad that at least the show finally finished up with some sort of coherent theme that it had from the beginning, and it finished up answering in the end. That quite- He really could have said, I feel like, so much more. There were oh, yeah. times where I, I wanted him to ex- just express himself or or say things in a a different way or more forceful way like be don't be so circumspect about where um you know because the the few times that he really does put his cards on the table like i mean it brings her to tears in this episode yeah but again we don't get the chance for mario then to explain why that affects her so much like it she literally needs to say no one has ever said that to me before but we don't even get that so, hey, there we go. One other thing I did like about the ending, and this actually happens in the bit after Sakurai makes that declaration. So you mentioned that Marioka sees both herself as Hayashi and also Lily in the shop windows. And what happens is that when she walks with Sakurai after stumbling, the reflections or the images of uh, Hayashi and Lily right. go in the completely opposite right. direction. And I, I took that to mean that Marioka was actually leaving that side of her behind a little bit so that that way she could rely on herself walking forward and that she realized that, you know, she could interact with Sakurai as herself and not bring the Hayashi element into it, that he valued her for more. So weird. What a weird thing to put there. I'm I'm leaping a bit here, I have to admit, and it's still undercut by the point I'm going to get to in a minute. But Uh, even that, I feel like, like, why, if... If the point of the show is, in fact, that, like... I see where you, I, I I know exactly where you're going with this. You know, yeah. That, the, the, like, appearance, be it online or, or physical, like, th- that they're not, the, they're not these separate entities from the underlying reality that is, that is you, yourself. What's the need to, to leave it behind? Oh, I, I, th- I think it's just... They've both... They both have found so much joy from it, and they oh, found no, each no, other no, no, no. through it. And oh, they, no. and... I, I, I might have not made myself clear. I'm saying that just for that moment. I'm not saying that she abandons it entirely. I'm just saying. That, oh, okay. I'm just saying that for that particular moment, while they're going for this dinner in this movie, she can just be his, like, be Marioka, not have to rely on that as the gel that puts binds them together. I, mm. I mean, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, okay. I did misunderstand you. I probably didn't phrase it properly and badly. So that was the that was the impression I got from that. Now then, where do I begin with the stuff I did not like? Okay, I'm going to go straight into the first big point, and the big point that I've been worried about from the very beginning, one of two of them actually, the work situation is not resolved. Inferences be damned. It There's no hint of what Morioka's going to do next with her life beyond just being with Sakurai, and I'll get to that in a moment. But this is the thing, like, you drop the work thing in the very first episode and then mention it a couple of times thereafter and don't ultimately resolve it. That problem is still not solved. And dare I say it, if she never solves it, she will become a burden on him. That is the truth of it. It 
unless she be unless he literally is wealthy enough and content enough for her to be a housewife, and I don't think she'd be fulfilled <laughs> by that. And I certainly wouldn't think that would be a great way to end a show to say like, oh, it's okay if you don't like your job, just quit, find a rich guy and become a housewife. Yeah, that's fucking progressive, isn't it? Um, so you don't you don't think that the show is definitely saying that she'll re-enter the workforce? She doesn't outright state it. I, I got no hints or impressions whatsoever. Even you said like that Kowai might be the route that leads to that. And they had the opportunity for him to say that. Like, literally, he could have just had the one line where he said, well, Mori Mori-chan, make sure you don't buy too hard. They'll see you at the office on Monday. One line. One fucking line. I just think it's the or- the sort of scene order in which he says she's always felt guilty about being about quitting her job and being a neat and about living her life that way. Sakurai said, it's okay, I accept you. But she still wants to be more. She th- she says she wants to be more right after she talks about being a neat. And, I mean, to me, like, and again, this could just be me. To, to me, I thought that was, um, th- that felt clearer to me as a message that she said, want to be more, meaning, like, that she's going to, to re-enter the workforce. She talks about being an embarrassment to Sakurai. And I think part of it has to do with her appearance. But she's also been embarrassed by her neathood at different times, like revealing it to Kowai and uh, all these different things. And I I do think it does embarrass her. And so she doesn't want to do that anymore. So to, to me, I think there is definitely a case for the ending saying that she's going to go back to work, but, but it, it doesn't say it, you know, in those words. So I can't understand where you're coming from. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with your interpretation being a valid one, but for me, I've read that line of, I wanted to, I want it to be a little more strictly as a romantic context inside her relationship with Sakurai. That's all I read it as. I didn't read it as relating to anything other than how she viewed him and that she was affirming that she wanted to take in the I don't even think she's ready for romance. They, she won't even say that she's on a date with him. <laughs> well, so, I don't I, I, I don't know. Because like, I don't even it, think that they... They don't even feel like they have a relationship. Like, they haven't even said that they're a thing. I think I think wanting to be more as she's... It, it, and again, my interpretation. Um, I, I saw her saying... I read her saying that she wants to be more as a prerequisite for the mm. next steps in their like forming of a relationship. Yeah. But just me, just me. But but I hear I hear where you're coming from though. I really really yeah. do. And to be fair, like I'm just going to be a pushy dick about it. Sorry. No, 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 that's <laughs> fine. No, I I I am totally okay. In fact, if I have to say if I did if it did subscribe to the association, I'd still be disappointed because saying something and actually taking affirmative action towards it are very different things. And the times in which she has done that in this show, like when she picked up the phone and fucking rang him, were great. They were yeah. wonderfully satisfying. But a declaration of intent when she's still so hung up on the small bits, like the fact that she can't even say that she's going on a date with him, doesn't fill me with confidence. It, it just doesn't. And, okay, let's move on from that. And now let me move on to my... People are going to be... I- People are going to be so mad at this episode because... I don't care. They're just going to be like, protect the Morioka and Sakurai. Don't judge them. Like, don't judge the show. It's it's so... 
it's glorious. Let me just say, to, to be fair, there are a lot of people that think the show's adorable and cute and also understand that there's room to criticize it. Like, I mean, I think we are those people also. I think we adore it and love it to pieces, and that's why we're slightly annoyed. Yeah, we're annoyed because we... Because like, like you said, Dot, the prize was there and it just didn't go for it. And I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to raise a certain term here, which is probably going to get some real fucking hate from people towards me, but I'm going to just call it out. I think that unfortunately this show suffers from a sense of false sense mentality. I, Huh. Interesting. Like, okay. Like, let me, let me move on to the next, let me move on to the next point. Um, and this is the big one. This is the one that I was actually wor- really worried about. And the one that I mentioned in stream thought, Morico, Morico in the end, unfortunately, is validated by hooking up with someone. Because she outright fucking says it in her head. I'm not going to do this myself. I'm going to do this for him. Fucking brilliant. Amazing. Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> I'm, so- yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, Sakurai is a, is a good guy. He's a great character and there's not a bad bone in his body from what we've been presented. But I don't think that the takeaway lesson under any circumstances should be that if you are in such a bad state as Marioka that you should seek to hook up with someone to validate your existence. That's poisonous. And Sakurai, yeah. and Sakurai doesn't even need to do anything wrong for that to be poisonous because Marioka as we have seen with the instant in the previous episode with how she reacted to the store owner, will mm-hmm, interpret mm-hmm. things in a in a bad way. So if he, say, for example, comes home late from work one night, um, later than he normally would, like, for perfectly legitimate reasons, I should say, what's that going to do in her mind? Yeah. I mean, 100% emotional dependence is like a road to ruin it, for, for you. It you, is. You absolutely have to be the the genesis, the nexus, the alpha and omega of, of your own happiness. And we've said that before. And I guess in the show's meager defense, and this is very meager, she does say, like the way she phrases it, right? If you want to get very technical and sort of study the dialogue. And, like, and then at that point, I think we have to bring in someone who actually knows Japanese and can figure this out because this is a translation after all so it's yeah a perfect but she's like saying not that she'll do it for him she's saying she wants to i like i want to be better so that i can feel better and he can feel better but i think i i just i don't know i kind of wouldn't buy that as a as a defense i think that's a weak defense of of that move i am totally with you that that it just it felt wrong it really really felt wrong and was disappointing it ties back i mean here's the thing right i would not be against her saying that if we had a certain if we had a later end point that showed that she had then changed like i can totally get that people might feel that way and then maybe she would have found herself in time and then if we'd seen that much as i wish we had seen a lot of other things then Great, I'm totally okay with that. I'm not saying that like she's instantly after you know grabbing his hand for the first time going to be you know all sunshine and daisies. There is always going to be a lo- long hard road ahead, but it yeah. might help if we had an idea of what the end destination was after the journey starts. 
Because this is a new journey for them. Don't get me wrong. They're starting out on what is the foundations of a relationship. They've already been on a journey of rediscovering each other and learning a bit more about themselves. But this is a new one now. This is a brand new story for them. A story that we're not going to see and the foundation of which is based on an awful line of thinking, I'm, I'm sorry to say. So... Yeah, I, I, th- I think that there are probably ways they could have done it, right? Here's how I would have done it. Do, same... do, do you want to know why I've done it? And God, God knows people are going to be like, oh, fuck, here he goes again. But, I, <laughs> right. but you know what? Armchair director. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fanfic here, because that's what this is going to be. Here's how I've done it. New credit sequence, right? Fast forward, like, couple of quick scenes of them, like, you know, like, Maroka moves in with him, something like that. We just see boxes and boxes piling up, and she's bringing them in, and he's helping, or something like that. Next thing, wedding. Next thing, wedding in the MMO between um, Ayashi and Lily. That's happened. Weddings have happened inside MMOs between people, and they've, and they've done it as well, like, in, in real life. That's happened. What a contrast that would have been. I'd have fucking directed it, so, like, literally... As one thing's happening in one, say, it's happening in the other. Like, you know, they move into kiss in one and then cut to the other thing, move into kiss, bloody bloody fire. You get the fucking point. That would have been that would have been something. Do it in VR. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the fucking Oculus Rift at a wedding. No, 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 no. No. And then I would have like, you know, had some like dialogue in which she says that, you know, I'm finally happy with her and I'm living for myself. Just make it explicit. Short but to the point. Simple as that. So we still get the satisfying conclusion of a proper relationship, but we also get Morioka, like, finally standing on her own two feet. Because don't get me wrong here, like, I would also not mind this so much if Sakurai was in similar straits. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that people can't heal and find each other through relationships if they have someone to lean on. But there's only one person doing the leaning here, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, which is, like, I I like your way of doing it. The, another way I think you, that you could do it, I think, would make a lot of people upset have uh those two have a similar hand-holding moment last episode or early on in this episode have some kind of moment that like is emblematic of their feelings for each other but then have a pulling apart the next scene you know be her working in some office it could even be a, a close or the same office as him and they're not together Yet, and you can find this out in flashback, because she has some things about herself that she wants to figure out and get together uh, before that she's ready to, like, go forward and kind of establish herself again mm-hmm. after her kind of time of neatdom and her break from life. Um, I'd have been happy with that. Even. Yeah. Um, her kind of getting standing on her own two feet before she um you know commits herself yeah i agree like just some ending any sort of ending in which she builds the foundation of some sort of self-respect and self you know worth some finds value in herself and doesn't need anyone else to value her like obviously she's taken a lot of what um sakurai has said very kindly to her straight to heart and again, it would have been nice if we'd had her just simply say, I've never had anyone say this to me before. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. To confirm that. We don't even get that. So obviously, there's a lot of self-esteem issues in, in Marioka's head. And that ties into her anxiety. It ties into her you know, fears of self-appearance, etc., etc. So 
some sort of any sort of conclusive in statement and actual action towards her or even just the declaration that she has got there would have was absolutely necessary and they dropped the ball on that really hard and i'm sorry to say that that is probably the most damning part of this show right at the ending god fucking damn it this is this is you this, this is shit you've suspected for weeks i know <laughs> i know and i i like god help me i was holding I, out hope <laughs> i god help me if I am wrong on shit like this, I will dance in the fucking streets. I will wear a fucking pity for and a fucking February cap. And I will I will parade down the streets proclaiming how wrong I am. That I'm glad at least that this didn't come to pass. But sadly it did. So fuck my life. I mean, this, this right here, because this is now actually getting me angry and I'm going to go right in on this. This to me is the exact fucking same as when that fucking deus ex machina girl stepped out the Don't. car in Caddo. Say I said it. it, I said it, there you go. This structure, it's referred to as a kaido. It's the same. It's not the same. <laughs> no, it's the same in terms of no. how much it damages the show. No, oh, actually, no, I... no, 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 no. Okay. I don't know if I can no, go with you. No, there. no, I take that back. I take that back. It's, it's the same in the sense, but not in a relative sense, in that it's the worst part and it happens in the end. Right. Right, 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 right. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. It doesn't damage it as much. No, that's that's too far. I agree. Because I still think this comes out of the wash ultimately as a good yes show. In fact, I'll say right up front now, if you're watching this show for the very first time, and God knows you've already been spoiled on every bit of it, so you probably don't even need to watch it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but if you want to watch this show, I would say that the moment that you see that rainbow happen... Um, that's when furiously click stop. Yeah, just click stop, <laughs> click stop, and you're done, and that's it. Good times. That I think, like you, literally could edit the episode out right there and cut to credits, and it would have been fine. I think it would have been better, certainly. And there's one final thing, one final thing. So, Doc, cast your mind back to the Orange Cast. Do you remember the complaints I had about Naho um, trying to tell? Fuck, what was his name? Um, Sua. Sua or Kakaru? It was Sua. Trying to okay. tell Sua about the letters. And then Sua mm-hmm. interrupts and says, I already, uh, you know, I've got letters of my own. And do you remember Can that- I just pause oh. real quick and say, like, it's a fucking incredible that I, and I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but I think that you're in the same boat, can remember the names of the the Japanese names of these characters over a year after the show has been over, like that it just was, they were emblazoned upon my brain because like, seriously, I forget Japanese terms and names constantly of things that I have, I've watched. Like it is, I'm getting, I'm getting very old. <laughs> so it's hard for me to remember this shit, but Su- Sua Naho and Kakeru, like, yeah, man, they're in the brain. Hey. They're in the brain forever. They're like the Monogatari characters. Like, I will not forget those names either. Oranges in, in my brain forever. That show was mm-hmm. um, incredibly important to me for a variety of reasons. But one final point I want to make, by the way, um, about the ending and something I disliked about it is. So, Doc, um, cast your mind back to the Orange cast that we did all those many moons ago. Casting my mind back to the cast. By the by, actually, uh, just as a point of comparison... Like, obviously, Morioka is nowhere near in as bad a state as Kakaru is. Mm-hmm. 
But I think it's telling how much happier I was with Orange, the way Orange played out than I was with MMO, that the fact that we actually got to hear, from Kakaru's perspective, why he felt the way he did. Right. Right. That's I mean, true. That's a good point. I um, mean... And it did very different kind of a show, though, in terms of what they were going for. Oh, so sure, yeah. Um, but I still think it could have been handled well. I mean, the fact that their Mario's situation is not as bad as Kakaru's allows the levity to come in. While still, I would argue, allowing for there to be that introspection. I mean, like I mentioned before, we don't need an objective understanding of why Morioka feels the way she does. We just need to hear what she thinks about why she is. Like, why she feels so despondent about herself. Mm-hmm. And it need, it, only, it need only be a sentence. Mm-hmm. But we don't get that, and that sucks. So, basically, I think my long and winded point is just go watch Orange instead. Like, why, why, if you've already watched it, get it on Crunchyroll, trust me. Okay, okay. But the point I was going to make is, one of the complaints I did have about Orange is that Naho, of course, gets the letters, struggles to figure out what to do, finally says, I need help, and tries to tell Sua, I, I remembered, Sua, uh, Sua's name. Yeah, tries to, she mm-hmm. tells, tries to tell Sua, but he interrupts and says to her, uh, oh, I already know because I got my own batch of letters. Now, the problem I had with that was that although Naho was about to tell him, she didn't get the opportunity to. Like, the moment that would have, like, the moment of her actually executing on this plan was taken away from her, not for any fault of her own. And I was a bit annoyed at that because while it was ultimately Kakaru's story, I felt to myself, you know what we need? We need to also see Naho grow as a person as well. Because obviously she's very shy, very timid, very introverted. And I think it would be great to see the both of them bloom together. That did kind of happen. So that's fine. But the same sort of thing happens there, Mo, with the very final thing that happens in the ending, which is that Morioka says, I'm going to take a step forward. And she does and falls in what we call in Britain, arse over tea kettle. Completely upends herself. And Sakurai's the one to save her now. I don't know what she ultimately wanted to do by taking a step forward, if she just wanted to keep pace with him, if she maybe wanted to grab his hand or something like that, or just give him a hug. Uh, we will never find out, of course, but I, I just think it's like you're making her you're making her final definitive action a punchline. And that's problematic. I mean, you and I have already said at length at the end of this show, like how even at the very end we can't allow it just to be truly like it gets truly truly serious in the closing seconds but like the fact they can't even accept it's a day since it's played flash and we're just there like grinding our teeth together like fucking just say it so the fact that her one final action that she takes herself is just kind of undercut by well her own clumsiness unfortunately which isn't fine people are clumsy you know but like that she couldn't actually just fully pull it off i found a bit annoying i must admit certainly not as egregiously annoying as the previous point about you know the fact that in the end you know you can get shown up by someone else if you can't show yourself up which is bollocks to be honest um so yeah that pretty much sums up my points with the ending um i'll save my overall thoughts for later um do you have anything you wish to add about episode 10 and the ending in particular uh sure um i guess i just will try to be as clear as possible um since i think i don't know maybe people will get mad at me being annoyed at you being annoyed about the ending um 
because I do think that there is a distinction between anybody, male or female, exercising their own agency in order to uh, carry out self-improvement with the goal being to be the best version of themselves so that they can have the best possible relationship with the person they care about. I think that that kind of self-actualization is exercising one's own agency and is um, is kind of an independent thing. It is you deciding to take control of your own life for for reasons, you know, like it's a benefit to you to be in a relationship with the person that you love. Um, I just think... I don't I don't think that the way that it ended communicated that that was what was going on at least not to me I didn't if if that was what was happening I I just thought it could have been laid out better presented better mm-hmm. because the distinction is you know is a fine one and 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 there's some nuance uh that you need to kind of differentiate one from the other. But I mean, I really do think like we said that, um, that what was going on felt like dependence rather than a healthy self-actualization rather than independence. So I just want to be as clear as I can about that, that I don't think that always and forever the lady pursuing a relationship in the end is like a bad thing i don't think that that's true no absolutely not so yeah i just wanted to i was thinking about it a lot wanted to put my cards on the table because i'm still turning over you know a lot of these podcasts you know that we've done for this show have been me trying to work out my thoughts on the air here and that may not be super satisfying for the listener or might prove frustrating but but that is what it is, and so um, feel, feel free to argue with me in the comments if you think I'm incorrect about this. That's that's entirely fine. Or or Shaden, who it comes down on the same side of this. Um, mm-hmm. But no, in in yeah. addition to that, I mean, uh, I don't know if I have anything else to add. I I'm unfamiliar with like whether or not this was an adaptation of the entire source material or if this was an anime original ending or if there is more um, more that can be done or more that is planning to be done. Um, I wouldn't be like entirely shocked if there was like a sequel, whether or not it's based on um, the comics or not. Uh, and I would definitely check it out because, like you said, I think that there's... Uh, a lot of positive things about the show, including its messages and its characters and what have you. But I think, I think I'm done talking about the ending. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, let's wrap up. Let us. We, we've slayed the final boss of the raid, so to speak. You know, the last rat. That's the end of it. The king of all rats yeah. of cute rats. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like sounds like a Neil Gaiman character. Actually. I'm sure that was from Neverwhere. Come yes. to think of it. So. Okay, this is the first time that myself and Doc have done this kind of format for Warrior Death Show. Normally, we have very long form, feature length discussions of a show with a lot of its extra content going on around it, you know, jokes, skits, etc. 
but principally, we always will have watched a show its entirety and taken notes or taken thoughts and seen everything in its in as a whole before we form an opinion on it or before we get to state an opinion. And I think it's interesting that MMO Junkie is a show that I think may have slightly, slightly caught me up in its own hype. Mm. Because I was very enthusiastic for this show all the way through, pretty much up until episode 10. That did diminish over time a little bit, I will confess. It wasn't, I mean, I, I had thoughts all the way from the beginning, like skeptical thoughts, like, you know, are we going to ever find out about this thing or not? But it's interesting, I think, to do it in this format with a show like this mm-hmm. and just see how your opinions evolve over time. As long as you are willing to admit that your opinions do evolve, and then you can also look back and say, oh, I, f- oh, I thought this was a plot hole, but it's not anymore because it got explained later, stuff like that, etc. So with MMO Junkie, I'm going to sum it up basically as this. If you can check your expectations at the door and pretty much ignore anything the anime tries to hint at with regards to the issues that Mario Cross Sakurai are going through, and just focus it on it as a rom-com, for the and indeed just a comedy in general, it's pretty great. I don't think there's any shadow of doubt in mind. It's really great. Like the reaction faces in this show are spectacular. <laughs> um, but most of the time, and I think this is key, and this is what makes it a good comedy. We're uh, we're laughing with Marioka. We're never laughing at her. Mm-hmm. Or if we are laughing at her, we're not laughing at her to mock her. We're laughing at her because it's a genuine and heartwarming reaction that she has to all the things that are going on around her. Like when she freaks out when the phone rings, for example. Or when she, you know, gets the text message and she has that amazing face. Or like is talking to the robot dryer. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. When she, when she, yeah, the, the one good thing, one thing, sorry, that the robot dryer was good for, <laughs> would you believe? So th- there's certainly that. And the, the show is certainly very well produced. There's a lot of lovely little detail. I mean, I forgot to mention one small thing, and this is just a tiny thing, and it's really kind of mandatory. But I really like that they did this. Um, at the beginning of episode 10, when Maruka's coming out of the shower, she looks at herself in the mirror. Now, she has a mole on one side of her face, and they actually remember to properly mirror it when she's looking in the mirror. I was like, small detail, but I like that. Because mm-hmm. it shows they're paying attention to shit like that. And there's other things that I've mentioned, of course, as well. Um... So if you check your expectations and realize from the very outset that you're not going to get any sort of introspection or extrospection, whatever you call it, any deep examination, um, I think you will have a great time with this show. Secondly, if you do, as I've said before, and I I have to absolutely repeat this because I do believe this, even though I have come down the show for its failure in examining this in greater detail. If you still relate to Marioka or Sakurai's plight, and you find comfort knowing that they're, or at least that, you know, the author of this story recognizes that there are people like that out there and that, you know, people should be appreciated for their quirks and foibles, which is absolutely something I agree with. Mm-hmm. Then, by all means, take that message away and hold it close to your heart. And, I mean, this is the thing about offering, like, reader interpretation, audience interpretation. Like, I'm being critical here, but I won't deny that there are certain things that happened in this story that I personally have felt or have gone through Sakurai's own like you know boat anchor approach to like dealing with Marioka (laughs) that has happened to me so recently it's not even funny and I'm still going to keep struggling that going on but that's a different matter so 
if you absolutely do feel like, a, you know, empathy and you feel comforted by the acknowledgement of the fact that you may have issues or scenarios like this that are happening to yourself, that I think the show absolutely does deserve credit for, even if it's only just the acknowledgement and not the examination thereof. But as I've said before, like, and I, I hate it when it happens. I hate it when I see a show and I'm thinking if it just did this, if it aimed for the big prize, you know, the, 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 the fucking gold trophy, you know, the platinum medal, the S rank, whatever you want to call it, it, if it aimed for that, I reckon that this show could have easily been animated the year 2017. And mm. as I've said, I'm just going to finally sum up by saying it is an incomplete success. That's the best label I can give it. And as we've done before, I'll give it a rating. Okay. And this is for the entire sh- and this is for the entire show. I'm going to give the show the rating. And this is heavily impacted, unfortunately, by the way episode 10 goes, but it's the truth. I'm going to give it a 3.5 cock-blocking dryers out <laughs> of 5. <laughs> oh, half a dryer. What are you going to do with half a dryer? Um, it'll probably still beep at you and tell you, you know, like, your stuff's ready and just interrupts you when you're trying to do anything. You look like you're trying to fuck her. Would you like some assistance? <laughs> I don't so know. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, so, like, this is the problem with the cloud, right? You could probably, like, I reckon that dryer's probably Bluetooth connected to or something to Sakurai's Wi-Fi. And if you wanted to overwrite its audio with, like, clips of, I don't know, Rick Astley or Rick and Morty or some shit like that, then if you wanted to be a real douchebag, you probably could do that. I mean, we're in the age now where you can have electronic locks that you can override by having, coincidentally, a child's doll in the same room that can speak and you can hack into and just have it placed up for its speaker. Any shit's possible in the, with the cloud, including dickhead oh, dryers. That's like, you just reminded but, me of, like, such a disappointing anime from a couple years ago. Well, we're talking about a slightly disappointing anime from this year. So we'll come back to that another time, folks. I'm curious about what Doc's talking about here. I mean, that's quite the tangent. I wanna I wanna I wanna pluck at that thread. For anyone else who's wondering what I'm talking about, is Shadan like drudged up memories of the perfect insider. An anime that came out almost exactly two years ago. Uh I think it was mm-hmm. like fall twenty fifteen, so I think it was two years ago. So best mm. best forgotten that one. Um, speaking of, I of course can't say for sure, right? Because if you make these predictions like a hundred percent, like yes, this will happen, like you're just gonna <laughs> you're like just making a rod for your own back. Uh, but I, if I had to guess, I would guess that like MMO Junkie will probably ultimately end up being forgotten. Like, yep, you know. A decade from now. So I say, I would give it to. I would give it. I would give it a season two at max. I I really don't want to say that, but I really don't think that it has a lot of staying power. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the one chance that it has to kind of live on in fan consciousness is how kind of relatable and also cute and reactiony that Morioka is. I mean, the the main character that that they have made is really quite something. Um I I wish I wish the series would have done even better by her in terms of like growth and more episodes and resolution that was satisfying. 
and all that sort of stuff. But but okay, all right, forget. Let's stop talking about the ending. So so that's one thing in which I guess it could be remembered. Um, but and I mean to some extent, like all anime is like throwaway entertainment. You know, when you're done with it, you're done with it. But but there have even been rom coms that have lived on in fandom consciousness for years. You know, stuff like you know Toradora and uh, even Golden Time to some degree. So it being a rom-com doesn't automatically make it disposable. I was tantalized by some of the things that I thought were going to happen and some of the directions I thought it might go. And even when those became blocked off, even when I started to think of it as chiefly like a rom-com, I think I was ultimately let down by by it as a rom-com. I don't want to say it fails as a romantic comedy or anything like that because it is both romantic and funny um, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think the negative tone that I have is just just like comes from what I think it could have been and the heights I think it could have risen to, um, but it didn't quite meet that. Ultimately, it's still a show I would recommend, um, even for kind of like people that are newish into anime, right? Like they might have seen like Oren High School Host Club and liked it, or um, the aforementioned Toradora, or even if the, one of the main things they've seen and liked is something like um, Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun. Uh, I would definitely mm. say, like, okay, you'll really like this. You'll find it really good. And there's there's so much to like there. I, I do think, like you said, it's super relatable. Um, definitely seen myself in both of the leads. Uh, the show has definitely given me warmth and comfort during times when I've needed it. So I have appreciated it just super subjectively and clung to it at different times for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it might be a show that I even rewatch for that reason. Um, hmm. but I think, uh, I think ultimately, well, and, and I, oh, so before I give it the rating, I do think that the secondary cast is like pretty much wasted. You know, you know, I have to say, I absolutely agree. Um, after we get introduced, for example, through to I don't even remember. The I name know what you're gonna say. Was... Yes, uh, yeah. the the lady uh, who was lilac, lilac. That's Dude. it. Yeah. After we get what? Yeah. <laughs> Why <She just> disappears? <laughs> and I just can't help but think to myself, like, if you wanted to be efficient in this show, you could have folded pretty much most of her dialogue, particularly the story she tells, uh, into Kanbe. You yeah. would have given it to him. Yeah. Because it's because it would it would have not needed like it was not so specific to her as it couldn't have been related by someone else. It make it makes me think that there is more source material out there than what we've gotten. Yeah. Well, hey, let me let me unleash my stand uh, Dodinchi and just tell mm. you what I would have done. Huh. Um. So yeah, that yeah. So I've I've actually been to Guild Meets. I think I mentioned this in one of the earlier episodes. So. Why don't we have that? Like, why don't we have that as one of the closing moments of the show? Let's say we get Marioka and Sakurai there, we get Kanbei, we get um, Lilac, and then we get introduced to 
who we never see in real life, uh, Oyo and Himmerelda, you know, they're married. Yes, exactly. We like, get introduced to them very briefly, and uh, we get introduced to Nico. Uh, we can even have Koyawai there, because why not? We'll have him there, because he was there briefly in the MMO. And then you can have them talking. Like, it would be a reflection, a bookend of the earlier bar scenes that they had in the game. Mm-hmm. So that so it would bookend it well. And then you could have, I don't know, small details. Like, maybe Himmerelda and Poyo, like, they have children, like, they have one of them there. Maybe, dare I say, you have a small detail, like, where this is in the future, and maybe Mariko and Sakurai are holding hands, and you notice, wait, they've got rings on there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying that you could have done so much more with this, and eat, or even done so much more, just a little more, mm-hmm. rather than just, eh, they're gone now, it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, we're thinking about it, like, Kanbei, like, says to Maroka, like, we have a we have a rule, there's no romance allowed between guild members. Well, that didn't matter, Jack Diddley shit. <laughs> well, it, well, it's like he said, like, so early on, I think he basically, at least what I got from it is, I don't really care. <laughs> like, if you, if you want to break the rule, you can. That's fine. We just have it there to avoid yeah. all-out chaos. So There's just so much potential, and... Yeah, there's potential for it to be a four, four and a half star show, but um, unfortunately, uh, like you, I have to give it uh, 3.5 broken heels out of five. Oh, oh, well, th- in that case, the half broken heel makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still that recommendable, still in like so much joy to be had, but like you said expectations uh should be handled carefully and and this is part of the reason that episodic analysis has never been my thing but this was a this was a spur of the moment decision to do this kind of format and it's been it's been a lot of fun actually i've really enjoyed episodic podcast analysis for sure hmm indeed i actually have two final things i i should probably say about this uh, one of which is related to episodic nature um, I have to say as well, like, I don't mind, like, there's always teething problems in the development of any medium. So, the fact that we have a character, a lead character who is thirsty, who's female, who's single, um, and has those attributes that are relatable, if that's a stepping stone that we have to take, much as Cardo was a stepping stone in 3D and then has led to such things as Land of the Lustrous, so hey, that's a win, um... If it's a stepping stone that has to be made, narratively speaking, for the, more stuff like this to come around, because undoubtedly, from what I've seen, MMO has been very successful. Um, in that case, I'm more than happy for that to be to be what it is. I'm more than happy for it to be a stepping stone with the promise of now, you know, people maybe being inspired or maybe you know taking the medium or the art or the sub or the genre or the subject matter further. Um, that's something that I'm always happy and hopeful for. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, you know, with regards to having done this episodically, I don't regret doing it in the slices, and I'll tell you why, because I think it gets more to the core of how people might feel, truly feel, about a show as it evolves and grows in front of them. I mean, when we've done our longer form episodes, we've, of course, watched all the episodes, like, you know, in a in a go, then we've had time to formulate, because we have a set time we come around to, you know, getting everyone together, we get plenty of time to put our thoughts in our head together and think things through. And maybe there's a certain inherent value to doing it episodically simply because we get to be more honest about how we feel as things go on and then how honest we are about being let down. Yeah. 
I mean, imagine, for example, if we did a streamer for Oncado. This structure, it's referred to as a Kado. No. I don't want to imagine okay. <laughs> But no, no, seriously. I, I, I think that that would have been very telling. Like, cause I was mad enough in that podcast as was. But imagine what it would have been like. I'd have probably been more true to how I felt as I watched it happen. Because I remember watching that fucking end moment at the end of um, episode 12. And I was just yelling, what the fuck at my TV? I was, I was so mad. So maybe there is a certain inherent value to having it done quasi-live as it is here now, like, you know, bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because it allows us to be more honest, uh, like, with how we feel at the time, and then, you know, more reflective of the average viewer's experiences. Yeah, see. yeah that's like the one, the one good thing about it, I think, is as time passes and we all as a fandom kind of forget um, things like that, like, what at what point did a show start getting really good or how did fans feel about the show after the second half or sorry, after the first half, things like that, like mm-hmm. tend to get uh, eroded away as we pile media consumption on top of media consumption in our brains. And so I think like mm-hmm. for archival purposes, it is pretty handy to have like a reaction to these, you know, the episodic unit of a show. Um, so for that, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Although, like, the show that came to mind, I thought you were going to say is uh, Berserk. And I was going to say, after the Eclipse episode, all you would hear on my end is just, like, the beeping of an IV machine. <laughs> like a heart monitor. And then it would just, and then I would unplug it. And then that would be it. Man. Beep, oh, then, yeah, God. That would be your... Yeah. I, I would I, I would have nothing to say. Like when we when the eclipse episode, I'd just be there like, what what can I say? Like, what the fuck do you want me to say about what just happened? No. I can't. Like, it's the fucking eclipse. You know about it. I've seen it firsthand. Why are you listening to this podcast? Go fucking watch it. Or, or no, don't watch it. Yeah, I'm okay. Sure. I'm okay if you're not watching it actually, even though I want you to. <laughs> uh, but yeah. One final thing I'll say, folks, before we wrap up. Um, I don't know ultimately if we will continue to do any more stream of thoughts in the future. That's something me and Doc are going to need to discuss off air. Editor's note. We are continuing it. But I would very much like to hear your thoughts on how this format has turned out for Odesho. If you've enjoyed it, if you've disliked it, and if so, in either case, why? Um, it We... This has certainly, if nothing else, been, even if this is the only one we ever do, a fascinating experiment. And I'd like to hear if you'd like us to try other formats in the future as well, if this has been, you know, entertaining for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And to those of you who've been here uh, episode by episode with this, um, you have my utmost thanks and respect for sticking by us through uh, this show. And it's always greatly appreciated, though, there are people tuning in and um, enjoying the content we put out. So uh, from me to you, from the bottom of my heart, small and black as it is yeah. um thank you very thank you very much everyone yes thank you uh everything he said and if you would if you would like to tune in to get some more saccharine like syrupy tear inducing thanks for for you from us to you the fans and from us to each other as potters tune in for the christmas special which will be be recorded uh, less than a week from now with 
Oh my god! With the third seat by the window crew, and good, good, good lads. Um, yeah, not a fan of their of their presence exchange, though. To be honest, oh Jesus Christ! I mean, well, it's to gonna... be fair, we gave it to them as much as because I. It's my fault that we're watching one of the things we're watching. <laughs> That's the one I want to make them watch, but as a consequence, we also have to watch it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um yeah. God help me. Yeah, same. I I mean I, okay, no no no. Okay, no. I'm going to just look right. If I can take shit like mouse and elfin lead and Rin Daughters of whatever the this Christmas cold I'm going to get served up, I am up for. Bring it on. We will do it. We will conquer it together. Indeed. So then, um, Doc, where can we find you on the Twitters? All right. And the internet. If you would like to tweet me, I'm at the subtle doctor. Or if you'd like to curious cat me, I'm a curious cat dot me slash the subtle doctor. Sounds like a trend here. Hmm. <laughs> Let me stroke my beard thoughtfully. Uh, as for me, folks, you can find me on Twitter at Shaden1010. I still haven't got rid of the a random account that's piggybacking on my name. I'll I'll get it one day. Um, I'm also on CuriousCat.me forward slash Shaden. Thankfully, I got that one first. Um, otherwise, that wraps everything up. Thank you all very Thank much for you. listening to this series. From the bottom of our hearts, uh, this has been Recovery of an MMO Junkie. I've been Shaden. And I've been the Subtle Doctor. And thank you all very much for listening. Good night, everyone. Embrace each other, everyone. To the ends of the universe. Never gonna let you go. I'm gonna hold you in my arms forever. Matane.